Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we have a very special and unique guest, Jody Polensky, the founder of Lost Our Home, a pet rescue organization in Arizona. Welcome, Jody. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It's great that we can be here and share share with people, help them along their journey. So. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Jody, maybe let's just start by introducing you um, in terms of person. Mm-hmm. What were you doing before Lost Our Home and what happens when you created it? Sure. So, um, I founded Lost Our Home back in 2008, and that was during the economic downfall of the foreclosure crisis, which was really big here in Phoenix. At the time, I was working as a mortgage banker, so a lot of my uh, friends were realtors, and I was also doing pet rescue, uh, volunteering for a cat rescue, actually. And so a lot of the people I know, they knew I was a big pet lover, and I kept hearing these stories from people that they kept finding pets, realtors finding pets in abandoned homes. I'm sorry, they're abandoned foreclosed homes. And I just kept wondering, you know, what happened to the pet? Like if the pet's abandoned there, then what happened? And I would just hear that they told the listing agent and then wouldn't know what happened from there. So actually the initial idea of the rescue was to be a resource for realtors that found pets that were abandoned in foreclosed homes, which is very, very specific, but that's what I knew was the problem. Uh, And then after I opened the rescue was when I realized that the problem was so much bigger than I had ever imagined and so much more complex. Uh, we started getting phone calls from uh, first from neighbors that were finding pets that were abandoned in homes. Uh, we were getting calls from locksmiths, uh, from appraisers. Um, all kinds of people would, would stumble upon uh, dogs and cats that were abandoned in the backyard or in a home and um, need the help. So it was expanded to help anybody that found an abandoned pet, of course. And then from there, we started getting phone calls from um, pet parents themselves. And they were trying to find a place to bring their pet. They didn't want to bring the pet to the county shelter. Um, they wanted to make sure the pet was going to be safe. And they, but they couldn't bring the pet with them to where they were moving. And so I started taking in pets directly from pet parents and trying to, as a new kill shelter, or at that time it was a foster-based rescue, all volunteers, and um, trying to find new homes, new families for these pets for them. And then the interesting thing happened, which is what ties to what I do now is that I was getting phone calls from um, people who were saying, you know, I don't want to lose my pet. I'm going to stay with a friend of mine or a family member for a few months. I cannot bring my pet with me to that place. Can you just hold on to my pet for me for a few months till I get back into my own place again? I want to take my pet back. I don't want my pet to be adopted. I want my pet back. I just need someplace to watch it, someone to watch it for a few months for me. And I was like, we could do that. I mean, this family already has a pet. The pet already has a family. Why would we want to adopt it out to another family when somebody really loves them? Like, just, just care for this pet for a few months and let them have the pet back. So that was the start of our temporary care program. And that program actually is, is what changed a lot about what we do. Um, I started getting phone calls from there, not just people who are losing their home, but then I was getting phone calls from people who were trying to leave domestic violence situations. And they were not able to bring their pet with them to a shelter or to a family or friend's house. I needed a few months. And I started getting um, so many calls in different ways that the, that program was expanded to the point we started specializing um, in domestic violence for that program. And that's kind of how everything started. It was, I stumbled upon it. Um, honestly, I didn't know it was a problem, but then once I found it, uh, found out there was a problem, I really wanted to embrace it. 
and do what I can to, to help out um, people who are trying to leave abusive situations and not lose their pets. And uh, that now is our priority in that program. So along the years, we've expanded it in different ways. Um, we work with different domestic violence shelters. So um, we opened up with Sojourner Center. Sojourner Center is a domestic violence shelter. So in 2015, um, we connected with them and we helped them build a pet companion shelter on their campus. And then once that was um, built, we then had our, our staff were there a daily to help care for the pets and uh, work with the pet parents that were there to provide them the resources that they needed for their pets. And that program has been, um, it's gone so well, it, it's been sort of a model for the rest of the country because it was just done in such a different way than some of the other shelters were doing by having professional pet staff on site at the shelter. Um, and, you know, over the years, we've learned so much from that and we've changed and we've morphed and things have changed even more now with them. Um, now they have it set up where the the pets actually stay in the rooms at a big renovation done. And now the pets can stay in the rooms with the pet parents, which is even better. And now the pet companion shelter is more like a daycare. So so the, there's um, taking over completely by Sojourner now. They run the whole thing now and we just are a resource for them in that way. And I think it's so much better that the, the way that it is now because it's a great resource for the pet parents there, but they get to have the pets with them. Um, we are helping other domestic violence shelters get up, up and running with pet programs. Um, we have helped other pet, um, pet shelters start a temporary care program so they can help people, whether it be from homelessness or from domestic violence. So um, this program has really been sort of like my, my baby. It's something I've really... Um, the, probably the thing I'm most proud about when it comes to the rescue is this program and the way it can really help people. Um, and just in so many different ways that you would expect, wouldn't expect a pet rescue to be able to help people. So. That is truly wonderful. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show because mm -hmm. you provide resources, direction, IDs, addresses, organizations. Mm -hmm. And that is crucial because dealing with a situation of domestic violence, I am victorious over 15 years of domestic violence. I know how it feels like to leave to the unknown and to have to find out the next step from a place of a broken heart and a broken self-love and there is, there is nothing there. However, we may still absolutely love our pets who are like our kids, you know? And having a resource and a place to actually bring them and get them back. Mm -hmm. That's even better, right? That's really fantastic. Thank you so much for having put that together and continuing, improving. You're mm -hmm. such an inspiration. Yeah, it's, it's been very fulfilling um, being able to help people in this way. It's been a very big learning experience, too. There's so much I've learned over the past 15 years, and I'm still learning more things all the time. It's a very complex, um, and there's, there's nothing, there's no two things alike. Everybody's journey is very different. Um, and so there's just, um, it's, it's, it's been very interesting for me, and, and I said it's one of the more fulfilling things I've been doing with the, with the rescue. So I'm glad that we're here. We're glad that we can be a resource we can help people out and you know my heart just goes out to these 
um, women who are going through this and that this animal is there not an animal, then the animal is a pet, is a family member. Uh, I can't imagine being in a situation like that and you know, not having a place to bring my pet and feeling like my pet needs to stay behind. I just couldn't, I just can't imagine being in that situation and what it would be like. And, and that's why my heart just goes out to these um, women who are in these situations and really want to make sure they can get out safely with their pet. Mm -hmm. For that, there was, I, I have two thoughts about that. One is indeed the, the, the things that you did, organizing temporary care and things like that or relocating and finding new homes when, when it has to be the end because there is no, no hope for the future. The mm -hmm. other thing I'm thinking is the number of rules and regulation in the housing market that limits the number of pets or refuse if you have a pet to give you a home and it's like please we all need a home it's not just for humans it's mm -hmm. for all our pets as well and to have those homes that are so focused on yes but the dog or the cat or the whatever else pet is going to destroy the home or to or to make it stink or things like that not necessarily. I mean, there is a few of those options. Yeah, sure. But not necessarily. However, oftentimes I have seen in that in, in those research and, and housing and all of that, that it's not easy to find a home who adopts pets and who allows pets, especially more than two. Mm -hmm. Especially more than two. And sometimes you have a fish, a bird, a cat and a dog. Mm -hmm. That means that you have four pets. That means that you cannot have a home. It's doesn't make it sense. Is, yeah, it's a big problem. It's a really big problem. It's actually the hardest thing that we're dealing with right now for the folks we're helping in the temporary care program, whether it be because of domestic violence or homelessness. Um, affordable rent is it's there's not affordable anymore. And then when you add the component of having to find a place you can afford with a pet that even allows a pet, it's just a whole different level of difficulty. Um, we've actually had to extend the time period that we have pets in our temporary care program because it's, the difficulty in finding a pet-friendly rental is, is so much harder now than it has been in previous years. So, um, yes, that, that is uh, something that, you know, people are working with, um, trying to work to help uh, affordable housing and, and making that new housing coming out to be pet-friendly. So we um, do encourage people if they can't find a place to live with their four pets, you know, then, you know, we'll find a home for two of their pets for them. And they know it's a no-kill shelter. The pet will definitely live a nice long life within our family and they keep their two pets. That way they can at least get into housing. Um, you know, we always want them to keep all their pets if possible, but if it's keeping them from being able to get into a house at all, you know, then there's the option that, you know, we can help them find another family for two of the pets so they can keep the other two and be able to, still have a place to live because you're right anything over two pets is very difficult very difficult to find so and, and they are out there they're out there but they're just very rare so mm -hmm. try try see what you could do and if there's a point where you just realize it's just not going to happen then just know there there's help out there for that too you know so mm -hmm. and one of the uh, solution i found about when, when dealing with that situation was to shift from I need to rent a home to let's buy a home. Let's go through the process and, and adapt and adjust our numbers until something works and we actually get approved on a 
purchase of a home because with the purchase of a home, it does not really matter how many pets you have. As yeah. long as you take care and you do not like um, uh, disturb the environment outside of your home, nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, if they're able to, to purchase a home, then that would really be the best scenario. And so yeah. we folks are working with uh, typically not in that position, um, but if there's somebody was, then, you know, absolutely, we'd want them to go that route. And, and it, I mean, honestly, homeownership is the, is the biggest ability because you, somebody can't raise your rent. You know, they can't kick you out because you have another extra animal. So reality is that homeownership is going to be the, the best ability for anybody. So, yeah. And, you know, cool. I mean, the background of mortgages, I, you know, fully understand that process of getting, you know, I don't do any more, but of what's needed to qualify for a home and, and um and it's there's help out there for that too so those programs mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the other thing is that we're finding is that pet rent is very expensive yeah. and so sometimes people are trying to save up for you know first months and last month rent and they have pet rent on top of that so there's a resource for pet rent too so if somebody finds themselves that they're able to get into a rental um and they need some help with getting the initial you know pet deposits done then there's a resource for pet deposits, not the pet rent, but pet deposits, so. Okay, thank you. So that too, we are going to make sure to add in your, in all the resource and everything in your episode. It's so important. We need to share those resources and to show that there are solutions, there are organizations, there are resources out there. We are not alone in those life situations that are sometimes less than ideal to say the least. <laughs> Exactly. And that's not a program that we have, but it's one of our partners has that program. So when we work with the, the folks in our temporary care program, we always refer them over to our partners to be able to get the resources they need. Um, another resource for them, too, is that, you know, when somebody is leaving a situation and they don't have a case manager or a caseworker or a social worker to help them out and navigate through all those resources, you know, our partner also has social workers to help them navigate through all that and help them get into housing and help them get whatever whatever help that they need, legal help. I mean, these case managers, or social workers are great with that. So I always recommend that if somebody doesn't try this journey by themselves, they should get somebody to help them because there's so much out there and it's so hard sometimes to get through to different agencies and get that help. So having somebody who understands the processes and knows what's out there, I think is really crucial to build it to, to get in the right direction faster. Um, we've, we've seen it, you know, and, people are in our program and they don't have a case manager or a social worker versus if they do, everybody with a social worker just goes so much further along so much faster and is better off. So our same partner that does the pet rent, uh, pet deposits, they also have social workers. So we would send them to there too and help them navigate all those resources. <laughs> and so. That's so, so fantastic. Do you, uh, did you list on your website, lostourhome.org, did you list on your website all these other partners and resources, or are we going to create a page specifically for all those resources? We have some of the resources on there. Um, I don't know if if all of that is on there, though. It's one, you know, our one partner, it's Arizona Pet Project. They're our best partner. We love, love, love them. Um, we work very close with them. And so um, but I don't know if they're, I have to double check, honestly, we've been getting ready, we've been updating our website. So I don't know what's on and what's not on anymore because we've been literally updating it all. For the last yes, that's important. Months. So, so I apologize yeah. that I don't have the information for you, but if it's not. It's all good. You know, but you know what? Let's make sure that one way or another, 
all these resources are available and searchable when someone just goes and find your episode. So one one of the things we're going to do is that in your episode here, we're going to list all the help that we mentioned, all the resources, all the possibilities, because these are solutions. When you are solution oriented and and you really like open your heart to receiving, mm-hmm. yeah, this is when when we can start to gather a different kind of thoughts. Like okay, solution oriented. <laughs> How can people support Lost Our Home the best? Because not everybody suffers and a lot of people want to help. How can people help Lost Our Home? There are so many ways, you know, the the more help we get, the more help we can give. You know, we are truly, um, we are owned by the community and um, and everything we do is because of the community, is for the community and because of the community. So. Um, donations are really critical, whether it be donations of food or or donations of money. Um, both of those go a long way. Um, donations monetary is more flexible for us. We can use it for paying for medical bills, for example, um, and, and or boarding. There's so many things that are costly in that program. Um, if somebody donates, they can donate and specify for the temporary care program, and that way it gets earmarked just for that program. Um, and that program is is our most expensive program. Uh, the pets are with us for the longest period of time. And then a lot of times as pets come in, they do have a lot of medical issues that are you know, undiagnosed or untreated Ill- illnesses or injuries. And we wanna get those pets healthy again. And that way, when they go back to the pet parent, they've got a better start. Um, so, so we do pay for the medical while the pet's with us and try to get them into a great position so they can be healthier when they go back and that's expensive. So that's why monetary donations help help a lot with that medical. Um, the other thing too is fosters. Um, we need people to take care of these pets in their own homes. We have a shelter in Tempe, but there's nothing like a home. Um, we try to make our shelter great and it is, I think the care is, is, is amazing where we're at, but it's still not a home. So if somebody can foster a pet, especially large dogs, we're having a harder time getting fosters for large dogs, you know? Um, So large dog fosters would be incredibly helpful. One of the things that's so great about fostering for this program is that people always say, I can't foster, I'm gonna fall in love, and then I'm gonna wanna keep it, and I can't keep another pet. And the great thing about this program is that there's already a family that loves this pet. They already have a family, they're already, that loves them and cares for them. You just need to take care of them in the interim with the mindset that the cat that the cat or the dog is not up for adoption, that you are helping somebody um, by caring for their pet until they can take care of the pet, take the pet back themselves. And it's a different mindset than fostering an animal that you know can go up for adoption, that you know you can adopt. So for anybody that says, I can't foster, I'm gonna fall in love and want to keep them, the temporary care program fostering is for them because they can then be able to foster and really help somebody help an animal and a person in a very unique way. Um, and uh, in that way, they, uh, they don't wind up trying to keep the pet either <laughs> because they, they literally can't. So it's a different mindset. It's a different, different it's mindset. A, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, um, so fostering is super important for us because the more pets that we get into foster homes and out of the shelter, the more pets we can help. You know, shelter has so much capacity, but fostering is unlimited. So for as much as we have fosters and, and money to pay for the pets, we can continue to kick them in, so. Okay, and uh, Polly, like if I would consider, or if someone would consider fostering uh, through that program, 
do we have to pay for everything as foster or does Lost Our Home pay for everything? And how does that go? Yeah, we supply everything. And so um, when you come in there, if you if you need supplies, like for a cat, if you need a litter box, you know, even like those kinds of supplies will provide for you, of course, the food and the litter, you know, for dogs, if they need leashes, collars, toys, blankets, beds, whatever they need, um, we'll supply for them. So that way the pets get what they need and it's not on the onus of the foster to pay for everything. What the foster do is provide the love and the daily care and we can provide everything else. We'll pay for the medical, um, we just need them to provide the, the love and the daily care. So. Okay, so it is actually a real option, even for people who are not very well off financially, but who have some room at home to actually really giving an amazing service. Because large dogs, because of, again, all those housing laws, like mm -hmm. over 30 pounds, which is super light for a dog, over yeah. 30 pounds, it's considered, no, it's a large breed. Uh, we cannot have that here. It's like, it's still my kid, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very true. And that's why it's harder to get large like fosters because people who do want to foster maybe have restrictions, you know, in where they're living if they can have a, a dog over 30 pounds, for example. So it, whether it be a foster or a house you're trying to rent or a house, you know, that it's there, the larger dogs get to be the issue unless you own the home. So, but um, yes, the, um, we'll pay for everything, just provide the love. So it's actually a really great program for someone who does not have financial means, but they want to be able to have an animal in the home and have the love of an animal and give an animal love. Fostering is a really great way to do that because you can have all that without any responsibility permanently and without any cost. So fostering is, is that's a great, you know, um, thing we brought up because it's actually a, a really great option for people who want to have that love but just don't have the means to afford a pet at the moment, so. Yes, I mean, these resources and these possibilities to help are amazing, essential, solution-oriented because we keep on talking about, we keep on breaking the silence around abuse on that show. We keep on telling, okay, so that person found that solution, but it may not be your solution. So this is why I wanted to have Jody on the show to say, hey, we have many resources, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. We have one other resource I'll tell you about too that is really helpful is our food bank. So okay. um, when people are first starting out and they um, are still trying to get on their feet financially, the food bank is really helpful because we can provide them for up to six months worth of pet food and supplies. So uh, a lot of times when people are leaving our temporary care program when they're on their own, they need a little bit of help to get them up and running in the beginning. And so the food bank is, is a, a really good option for them. Uh, you don't have to have been in our temporary care program to use it. Um, anybody who's having a financial difficulty, you know, a temporary financial difficulty, we can help them get through that by providing the food and supplies for them for six months. So, and that's the reason why food donations is also really important because it helps with our food bank. Um, along with the pets that we're caring for. So. That's truly amazing. And for your information to the audience, we did visit Lost Our Home in Tempe, and it is beautiful. It is well done. It's clean, it's spacious. I absolutely love that place. And there are, there are a lot of 
rooms just to to mingle and get to know the animals and figure out who you want to adopt or who you want to foster and if you can have a good relationship because that's always a surprise you know you don't know exactly the character until you actually spend some time at least a few hours already if not the actual months and years now, I will say that um, one of the things about when we opened up the shelter is, you know, I just cannot imagine going to work and being in a sad place every day where you feel sorry for all the animals. Um, I just didn't want a shelter like that. I wanted to make sure the place was really great for pets and really great for people. And especially when you're trying to care for somebody's pet, um, we don't want people to say, I can't bring my pet there for temporary care because my dog's gonna be in doggy jail. You know, that doesn't make me feel good. But in reality, in our shelter, we don't have jail bars. <laughs> you know, all of the dog suites are look like little houses. <laughs> you know, there's screen doors, there's not bars on the doors, and uh, real windows. You know, and the pets are only there for a short time until they go to a foster home in reality. Uh, the cats, they have free roaming rooms. They're, you know, every room is like a different room in a, in a house. Our temporary care rooms we have, one of them looks like a kitchen. They got a cute little kitchen sink to, to lay in if they wanted to, <laughs> you know, even. And then one's a little bedroom. Um, and then both of those rooms have, and, and adoption rooms have um, what we call catios. So they're indoor, outdoor space. That way they can get some fresh air too. So the, um, the idea that the cats can be free roaming and they hang out and they play and they get lots of visit visitors. Um, volunteers are great too, by the way. We need them to come and help play with the animals and take care of them. So I also need volunteers. I'm gonna put that plug in for that too. <laughs> but um, so yeah, the places, you know, I really want people to feel comfortable bringing their pet to us, whether it be because a temporary situation or because of permanent. We don't want that transition to be traumatic for the animal. I mean, there will be some trauma no matter what because they're being moved, but we want to make it as minimal as possible um, and make the person feel as comfortable um, with their decision as they can. Um, and the people that work here, we all, we love the animals so much. We treat them like our own. Um, and we want to make sure that the, that everybody is, it's really about people and pets both at our shelter, not just, not just the pets. Um, people are important to us. And we have um, one more thing. We've got this really cute library. So when somebody wants to come and visit their animal, they have this little room they can go into and it has couch, little couch in there. So they have some couch time with their dog or their cat and just will spend some private time with their animal to visit. Um, they can come and do visitation. If it's in a foster home, they can come once a week to visit. If it's um, at the shelter, they can come whenever they want, you know? Um, and that way they can have some, some time with their pets too because we, we really want them to see their pets and keep that connection while they're, while they're working through their their situation so that's beautiful mm -hmm. thank you so much mm. i mean our heart is so full of love for those cats dogs and all the other pets out there i mean it's so important they are part of family they are really family members mm -hmm. and it's not because they are no humans that they are less they are as much as human and they give us so much love so much so much laughter so much so much affection, all of that. I mean, they are essential. And even for dogs, they even give you all the exercise and the routines. Okay, oh, hey, you have to go walk now. Okay, go walk. <laughs> very true, very true. And I've, I've actually seen that situation where people have got to take care of a dog by taking them out for walks. How it's helped save lives in a way because they may feel in a bad space emotionally and they don't really want to go to the house and do a whole lot but they're forced to take the dog for a walk 
you know, every day, a couple times a day. And then along the way, you wind up meeting people who are like, oh, your dog's so cute. And you wind up meeting people. And then you become friends with neighbors. And so it gets you out there, not only exercising, but also meeting people too. So dogs can be really great in that same way. Um, if you can walk your cat on a leash, you get the same thing, but <laughs> most people don't walk their cats on a leash, so you may not have that component if it's a cat, but you get lots of other great um, love with a cat instead. So That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Jody, it's an honor, a pleasure, and I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having come today. Thank you for having me. And um, people can go to the website um, if they want to get some help or if they want to help. Um, everything's on our website. Um, That's gorgeous. Thank mm -hmm. you so, so much. Have an amazing day. You too.